0: And thank you for joining us here on Doctrinal Studies with Dr. Tabb. For those of you who don't know, Dr. M.H. Tabb was born into God's family almost 56 years ago by the wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He then served as a Christian school principal, Bible Institute teacher, administrator, and assistant pastor. In 1980, God then called Dr. Tabb to establish Gulf Coast Baptist Church, where he pastored for 40 years. He continues his service now as the founder of Gulf Coast Bible Institute, preacher, and author of over 46 doctrinal books. Let us now open our Bibles together with Dr. Tabb as our guide and rightly divide the word of truth here on Doctrinal Studies with Dr. Tabb. Now, in this podcast, we're going to try to answer the question, when was Jesus born? The early church didn't celebrate the birth of Christ. The Bible nowhere states the year, the month, the date, or the day of his birth, Uh, but we can get close to it through a process, which we're going to try to do today. Uh, Now, this may take a little longer than one podcast. If it does, I'll do part two on it. If the... If the date was so significant as modern Christians imply, then surely God would have left us uh, some information so as not to have to speculate about it. He would have told us plainly, Proverbs 15, verse 19. I just consider the details he gave relating to the date of the Passover uh, and uh, the dealing with the Lord's uh, death and all the details in that and so forth. In 1642 England, under Cromwell, uh, they banned Christmas celebrations and exacted penalties for staying home from work on Christmas Day. There was also a ban on it in Scotland. The Puritans banned all Christmas celebration and their Governor William Bradford of Plymouth Colony rebuked people who didn't work on Christmas Day. In 1659 the Puritan government of the Massachusetts Bay Colony legally banned Christmas. Uh, A paragraph, uh, it's a short paragraph easily overlooked from an early law book of the Massachusetts Bay Colony uh, has this to say, quote, for preventing disorders arising in several places within this jurisdiction by reason of some still observing such festivals as were superstitiously kept in other countries to the great dishonor of God and offense of others. It is therefore ordered by this uh, court and the authority thereof that whosoever shall be found observing any such day as Christmas or the like, either by forbearing of labor, feasting, or any other way upon such accountants, uh, as aforesaid, every person so offending shall pay uh, of every such offense five shillings as a fine to the county, end of quote. Now, a lot of that was because of the holidays' pagan or- origins. Uh, the Puritans considered celebrating Christmas Uh, to constitute idolatry their leaders believe that such feast days detracted from their core beliefs they said quote uh, "They they for whom all days are holy can have no holiday end of quote well that meant all religious celebrations were banned including Easter It also meant important historical celebrations were forbidden as well. Uh, Those bands continued on through the 18th and 19th centuries. U.S. House of Representatives uh, even convened on Christmas Day in 1802, considering that a regular work day. Now, as the Puritans fell out of favor, Christmas was almost universally accepted throughout the U.S. by 1840, and it became a public holiday in 1856, and eventually declared a national holiday in 1870. I'll be. Oh. Stop. Cut it out. Stop. Now, the Bible tells us we're to prove all things. 1 Thessalonians 5:21. We're to declare all the counsel of God, Acts 20:27, 20, and declare it. Plentifully, Job 26 verse 3. Now once we know the truth about something, Jesus said the truth shall make you free. John 8 verse 32. Uh, sometimes when you expound on some subjects, it creates enemies no matter what position you may take. So let me just say with the Apostle Paul at the onset here, uh, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Galatians 6 uh, 4, verse 16. Now let me also say here at the beginning <clears throat> that I am not opposed to celebrating Christmas and the birthday of the Lord Jesus Christ. My family celebrates it, but we do not cater to the pagan trappings involved uh, in the December 25th celebration, uh, a lot of which I will mention today. But we certainly don't involve ourselves in the goddess revelry that often accompanies the Christmas season with people drinking and carousing and all those kind of things. Now, we can determine the approximate date of the Lord's birth by comparing Scripture with Scripture. One thing is certain, he was not born on December 25th. The first to suggest that date was Hippolytus, a Catholic theologian uh, born in 170, died in 236 AD, which was over 200 years after the death of Christ, so um, far more than that from his birth. So how could he know the birth date? Other than its association with mythology, which was fast creeping into the professing Christianity at that time. Uh, December 25th got officially incorporated into professing Christianity, and I emphasize professing in 350 AD by Pope Julius I. So it was brought into professing Christianity by the Roman Catholic Church, which is really a pagan form of Christianity itself. Uh, let me give a little more historical information. Proving Jesus' birth was not December before we discover when it actually was. I'll quote several sources, which will involve some repetitive information along the way. Funk and Wagnall's Encyclopedia, 1952 edition of the article Christmas, says this, quote, Christmas in the Christian church is an annual festival held on December 25th to celebrate the nativity or birth of Christ. The origin of this festival comes in part from the pre-Christian rites of Germanic and, and Celtic tribesmen held in celebration of the winter solstice. Christmas festivals generally observed by Christians since the 4th century A.D. include many heathen customs, such as the use of holly, mistletoe, yule logs, wassail bowls, and so forth, coming from pre-Christian, Germanic, and Celtic tribes. The use of Christmas trees originated among uh, the Egyptians and Romans of pre-Christian times and spread to the Germanic peoples and then to the British Isles. In later times, Christmas celebrations acquired a very secular and social significance, kind of like they do today, expressed in the exchange of presents, the sending of greeting cards, and the suspension of school and work. Early Dutch settlers brought to the New World the custom of celebrating St. Nicholas, that is, Santa Claus Day on Christmas Eve, end of quote. <clears throat> Let me say that the word Christmas itself is of Catholic origin. It comes from the term uh, Mau or Christmice, as it might be pronounced, which first appears in Old English in 1038 AD and refers to the Roman Catholic Mass of Christ held on December 25th. Any study of the elements of Christmas, Yule log, evergreen tree, mistletoe, wasling, holly, uh, giving presents, December 25th, and on and on, any, any real honest study in that quickly show that it's an admixture of paganism into a so-called Christian celebration. And because of that, a lot of Christians unwittingly involve themselves in both religious systems, pagan and Christian, during the Christmas season. Now, the date for the celebration was finally fixed on December 25th by Rome. As I said a few minutes ago, the date chosen had been previously used by the worshippers of Mithra, the God of light, the deity of the covenant. Grolier Universal Encyclopedia on the article of Mithra, 1965 edition, says, Mithra was an astral deity. That is a god or goddess represented by astral bodies such as the sun, moon, and planets and stars and all that. So, Mithra was uh, an astral deity, all-seeing, the guardian, the bestower of riches. uh, Mithraism was especially popular among the Roman legions, in a quote. Mithra was born and celebrated at the winter solstice on December 25th. The Christ Mass, the Catholic Mass for the birth of Jesus, the Christ Mass Holy Day originated in Babylon and Egypt as a celebration of the winter solstice. And by the way, a holy day is supposed to be a day of worship and reverence, but the word is now reduced to holiday, implying a time of fun and revelry, as much as those things go on in Christmas time with uh, office parties and such. Now, the reason for the date of this ancient celebration was because Horus, Egyptian mythology, Horus, the son of Isis, the queen of heaven, She's mentioned in Jeremiah seven eighteen, Jeremiah 44, verses 17 through 19, and verse 25. Horus, the son of Isis, the queen of heaven, and Osiris, was supposed to have been born on December 25th, uh, the winter solstice, Christmas Day. In the Bible, this son of Isis, Horus, is none other than Tammuz, mentioned in Ezekiel 8, verses 14 through 16, uh, the son of God, little g, in all mythology and pagan systems. And by the way, the Roman Catholic Mary, as any good Christian knows, is called the Queen of Heaven. Um, Tammuz was the so-called virgin born of Semiramis, the wife of Nimrod. He's the same character as the Egyptian Horus, who was the sun god and the reincarnation of Osiris. Uh, In ancient Anglo-Saxon mythology, December 25th was called Yule Day. Yule being the Chaldean word for infant. So Yule Day or infant day or... Child day, and the night before was called Mother Night. Well, there's the Ma- Madonna and, and, uh, and Child found in every pagan mythology that ever existed, including Catholicism. Now, let me read those verses uh, that I just mentioned to you. Jeremiah seven eighteen. The children gather wood, and the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead their dough. That's uh, K-N-E-A-D. All of us need dough, but not, not uh, that type of knead. Um, knead their dough to the cakes to make cakes to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods. Those cakes in Chaldean were called ner cakes, and you are, means birth cakes. Uh, the virgin queen of heaven in mythology went by many names in different countries and regions. Some of her names were Anana, Anat, Isis, Nut, Astarte, Asherah, Ashtoreth, you find that one in the Bible, Aneth, Hera, Juno, uh, and many others. Uh, You can find all that those names listed in Wikipedia under Queen of Heaven. Jeremiah 44, verse 17. But we will certainly burn incense unto the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her, as we have done, we and our fathers and our kings and our princes in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then had we plenty of vittles and were well and saw no evil. In other words, Israel in their backslidden state gave credit to this pagan queen of heaven for their blessings. And God had to call their hand on that and let them know their blessings came from him. Uh, Their worship of this Canaanite queen was one of the reasons why God eventually sent them into captivity. Jeremiah 44, verse 25. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Ye and your wives have both spoken with your mouths, saying, We will surely perform our vows that we have vowed to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her. Ezekiel 8, verses 14 through 16. <clears throat> it says, Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, in other words, to the temple, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Tammuz is known as Bacchus in Roman mythology. He's known as Baal and Moloch in Canaanite mythology. He's the virgin-born son of Semiramis, that is Ishtar, the wife of Nimrod, uh, Nimrod, Ninus, and Baal. or Moloch, the the king of heaven. Ishtar was celebrated in the Roman feast of Easter, noted in Acts 12, verse 4. That Easter there is talking about the worship of Ishtar. It's not talking about the Passover. So he goes on in Ezekiel in verse 15. He says, Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar were about five and twenty men, with their backs toward the temple of the Lord, and their faces toward the east, and they worshipped the sun toward the east. That's Israel worshipping the sun god now tamas as i said just like uh, just like uh, they all had different names and different religious organizations. Tammuz had different names in different cultures and countries as well. He went by the name of Adonis, of Saturn, of Horus, and many others. He's represented by the sun, Ezekiel 816, which accounts for the sun disk over the Catholic altar. And that's a perversion of the sun you in of righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ, Malachi 4 verse 2. In other words, Tammuz was Satan's counterfeit of Jesus Christ. He's the same as Mithra. As this quote I'm about to make is going to show you. Mithras is the Greek form. Now, I'm quoting from the book, The Two Babylons, by Alexander Hislop, written in the mid-1800s. It's the most extensive work proving Catholicism is nothing more than the old ancient Babylonian mystery religions uh, under the under the umbrella of Christianity with all the pantheons of gods and goddesses, and I highly recommend that book. Here's what it says, quote, As Christ in the Hebrew Old Testament was called Adonai, the Lord, so Tamaz was called Adon." or Adonis. Under the name of Mithras, he was worshipped as the Mediator. As Mediator and Head of the Covenant of Grace, he was Baal Bareth, Lord of the Covenant. You'll find that uh, word in Judges 8, verse 33. Now, some countries (coughs) uh, call the Christmas uh, Day Yule Day Yule again is called for infant. So in paganism, December 25th was called Infant Day or Child Day and referred to the birth of Tammuz. Pagans called the night before Mother Night, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, that referred to the Virgin Mother who gave birth to this son, who was the this son s o n, who was the son s u n that arose the next morning. They baked their nur cakes, the birth cakes, Jeremiah 7:18, baked to the Queen of Heaven. Now, that was done on the 25th of December in honor of the mother, goddess, and her child, the Madonna and child. December was actually the 10th month on the Roman calendar, corresponding to our 12th month, uh, decim, Latin for 10. The original Roman calendar, uh, known as the calendar of Romulus, was uh, an agricultural 10-month year, There were 10 months totaling 304 days from March to December, and the last four months of our year are named after the Romulus calendars, September 7, October 8, November 9, December 10. The gap of two months, our January and February, were for the period of time when no agricultural work was being done. The calendar started fresh with the vernal equinox in March, marking the beginning of the spring and new planting se- season and thus the new year. Uh, the Nur cakes were dedicated to Baal, the sun god, who in mythology was reincarnated in Tammuz on December. 25th, just like the Egyptian mythology of Horus and and Osiris. The December 25th feast was celebrated in Rome in conjunction with the annual feast of Saturn called Saturnalia, uh, which was a very licentious religious celebration, and so at Christmas time, uh, same kind of thing with a lot of people. And by the way, the planet named after the sun, uh, after the god Saturn, has a halo. It's encircled by rings, as you know. That's significant to anybody who's a student of religion, and that's where the halo comes from in Catholic art. The Feast of Saturnalia was, uh, quote, established in memory of Saturn's benevolent reign, end of quote, according to New Standard Encyclopedia, article Saturn, 1968 edition. Temuz, <coughs> who was the immortal sun god, was uh, reincarnated every at every year's end and was represented by the pagan symbol of eternal life, the evergreen tree. Well, lo and behold, in Egypt, palm trees were used because they didn't have evergreens. All other countries used evergreens. In Rome, a fir tree was used, and the God represented by the fir tree was called Baal Bereth, Lord of the fir tree, which differs in, in only one letter from Baal Bereth, Lord of the Covenant. Baal Bereth, B-E-R-E-T-H, fir tree, Baal Bereth, B E are I-T-H, Lord of the Covenant. Everywhere Baal, um, the sun god, was worshipped, he was given a compound name denoting the place where his idols are located. So there are 13 Baal compounds in the Bible. Uh, Baal's Roman title was Lord of the Fir Tree. And that reveals the fact that the tree described in Jeremiah 10 represents a god. So in paganism, the tree was a visible emblem for the god which the tree represented. Baal bareth, uh B-E-R-I-T-H, Judges 8.33, Judges 9.4, verse 46 of that chapter, was lord of the covenant. In other words, he was the pagan messiah. Jesus Christ is the true lord of God's covenant. So Christ's mass... <coughs> Is emerging of two systems of belief. These two systems represent two deities God and Satan, the false God and the true God, the God of this world and the God of glory, the God of Christmas and the God of creation. Now, how can anybody who knows the facts deny the, that Christmas festivities are nothing more than a refined pagan festival? Uh, combined with so-called Christian elements and masqueraded as a Christian holy day. There is absolutely nothing in the entire celebration, the date, the giving gifts, the tree, the decorations, feasting, nothing that has anything to do with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. It all comes directly from the pagan celebration of the birth of the Son. Now, as I said, this is uh, probably too much for one podcast. I'm going to cut it off here. Uh, We didn't find yet uh, when he was born. We did find it wasn't December 25th. So we'll pick it up in a second session of this subject, When Was Christ Born? Thank you for listening today. Hope you have a wonderful day in the Lord.